Welcome back to another episode of Less Than 10, an EVE Online Small Gang PvP podcast. This is episode 37, and we're going to have a pretty cool discussion today, joined by my co-host, Ten. Say hi, Ten. Hello. And former podcast guest and courtmate of ours, Rad Dude, Joe Castus. Say hello. Hey, yo. So Joe Castus actually DM'd, I don't know, me or Ten, one of us, and mentioned that he wanted to talk about what we're our topic today, which is leading in small gang groups. So like starting a corp or, or just being a, a leader in a group. Um, so that, uh, I mean, if you're someone who's kind of getting into small gang, that should perk your interest. Um, if you are experienced and you kind of haven't ever found like a forever home, um, it should perk your interest too. And even if you're just in a corp that's, you know, you want the activity to increase, it should perk your interest there as well. Um, I think all of us have kind of, been in lots of different groups and corps over the years and activity is interesting in eve so we're going to dive right into that but first uh we'll kind of just get into what we've been up to lately so i don't know ten do you want to go first uh sure mine's going to be pretty quick because i um have been taking a little break from eve the last couple weeks um the last notable thing that i recall happening um was i i went on a you know, duo roam with three tiers back at the start of the month. And it was my my first encounter with the updated combat interceptors. Um, after he died uh, to this, this group that was right out of a Thera hole um, and we were fighting them back and forth for a little while and, and whatever. Um, but he died, he got caught in his drake and I jumped my Vedmac back into Thera and got run down by this raptor and it was interesting to see the new you know the new speed and everything because he was heating and i had him you know i caught him with my faction web at max range and webbed while i was overheating in my vedmac which is not you know a slow ship he was still catching up with me pretty quickly um fast enough that he got me scrammed before he died and after he died i realized he's had this he essentially tried to duplicate a ramjag fit with two medium ancillary shield boosters and a scram and a nos on this raptor and those things are scary that's nasty yeah they heat crazy fast like i've had a couple i think i was talking last episode also in my vedmac about a tyrannus burning after me uh fighting and catch they're pretty scary yeah, it was interesting. This usually I find they they die pretty quickly, but this dual ancillary um, fit, which is just a straight tackle, you know, no DPS, no anything else, just a scram, no web, nothing like that. But it held under, you know, burning straight at no transversal at my Vedmac for I don't know, forty seconds maybe. So. That's, uh, you know, that's all I've really been up to lately because I've been dealing with real life and so forth. But yeah, remind us, you know, 
a little bit about your history with Eve and stuff too, Jacas. This is maybe if people who haven't heard, haven't met you, or haven't uh, weren't listening to the other episodes you were a guest on. Oh, sure, sure. Um, so, hi, listener. I'm Jocastus. Um Basically, the short of the long is I joined the game like five days after it released, and I spent too many years lying around alone and not doing the community-based EVE Online thing, which is much more fun than, than by yourself all the time. And then I started joining up some fleets and uh, listening to how people uh, led their gangs. And um, one of the things I would run into a lot of times is the gamer mentality uh, can can be a little grating and not so nice sometimes. I know that makes me sound like a good Christian boy, but I just didn't want to spend my time being yelled at. Um, so I took everything I learned over the years and um, from other FCs and people throughout my EVE career and started my own corporation called the Kronos Ritual with uh, my co-creator, Griffius. And we just set out to make a small a small gang corp that um, that every time you signed on, you had a good time simply because uh, it was a good, friendly environment to be around and uplifting and a learning environment. And um, we, we spent a lot of time and effort um, actively beating down any type of toxicity uh that's probably what i'm most proud of was that that corporation yeah that's where i actually met you guys is uh yeah i don't remember how i don't remember who my in was i think it was web driver um was the person that like was like you should join chronos ritual um because i had met web driver like uh quite a while before in a corp and we kind of kept in contact but but yeah, it was it was a, a great corp. Um, I really liked being a member of the Kronos Ritual, and I still talk to and I'm friends with a lot of people that, that I met there. So yeah, it was good. But what have you, what have you been up to lately, then, uh, Joe Castus? You've been playing more than Ted and I combined lately, so you must have a story, a recent fight. Um. Well, uh, I can't remember how long ago. I want to say maybe a year or two ago. It was. I think it was. Oris and Btron, if I remember correctly, flying around in low sec uh, using a sleepner with um, a scimitar with remote tracking computers. And the sleepner was shooting out to like 88 kilometers with barrage and auto cans. And I've been wanting to do something like that for since then. And uh, the ESS um, really gives me room to do that because nothing can scan down my dual box scimitar. And uh, so I put my alt in the, it, it ends up being an armor scimitar. And then I mash that together with a Lashak that has the remote armor reppers. And it's a shield Lashak. So it's like the perfect 69 of ship to ship because they've got the semi rep in the Lashak shields and the Lashak repping the semi armor. And the other mids, other than the 10MN in the semi, are all remote tracking computers. And this pushes the Lashak 
shooting Mason out to 133 kilometers and like a cult out to like 41. And so uh, it, it just be, it just becomes Pretty this disgusting. Really dumb scenario. Of, that is of absurd. Just, yeah, just just shooting that radiation beam and watching people melt from absurd distances. Uh, and uh, it it's been a good time. Nice. That is that is pretty funny. And I was flying with you a little bit with that setup. It was very entertaining. Yeah. But uh, yeah, multi boxing. I mean, you can do some pretty crazy shit with two ships. But uh, it, uh, yeah, I've been wanting to fly things that have a little more of a tank than just like a a cruiser. Yeah. And not and not melt under pressure. So that's that's been fun too. Being able to tank. I, I was tanking two Vargas in a nightmare and killed one of the Vargas. It's especially good. nice in the ESS because you uh, like the more staying power you have in an ESS, the more fun you can have. Because once you get pushed off, oh, you yeah. can't really get back in easily, right? So, especially tanking in, in them is fun. Mm -hmm. But uh, my story is also in an ESS, and it was with you. And it was uh, I haven't been playing much again, real life, really busy this month, and I've been playing Cyberpunk because uh, that game came out. <laughs> so I was flying my Gila, and you were in a Tengu. We were just duo roaming. And uh, we were messing around um, in In's mother uh, in an ESS, and some dudes came in, and uh, you were 100 MN, and I'm 10 MN, so 10 MN Gila, 100 MN Tengu. And you had kind of just been burning out. We were like going to leave because of what was coming in, because there was a rapier on D. And uh, all of a sudden, that rapier lands, and I, I was like being slower, you know, only like 35 off of it. So I'm just like, ah, oh, shit, like here it comes. So you actually stopped and turned back into me into it as I was getting triple webbed by this armor rapier. So sure enough, I just like heat my missiles, put my augmented hammerheads on it, and we started chewing as like D scan was swelling. And uh, yeah, like I said, he was he was a full low t full low armor tank setup, like a plate and then a damage control and two resistance mods. Yeah, he had a good buffer. Yeah, triple triple uh web and after and a hundred MN afterburner. So well, I felt all good about myself because I was like I turned around and helped my buddy yeah. until I looked at the Z kill and you did like ninety nine percent of the damage and I was like I, I, was, I did was I did eighty I did eighty five. Oh. Like, <laughs> I did eighty seven hundred and you did like fifteen hundred, but I don't think I would have lived if you didn't turn because I literally like as they as he popped, they were all landing. Um, so because they lost their rapier, we, we, and didn't they have, uh, yeah, they had a Lodgy landing, right? Like in a Neros mm -hmm. and yeah. they had shield Lodgy landing. Um, so like 10 seconds, whatever, six seconds even, and they would have had reps landing. So anyway, the ending, the result of the fight is we also killed a Gnosis and a hurricane fleet issue just by like kiting around the grid and, and they were like pulling off and stuff like that. And. Um, and we killed some stuff outside of the ESS as well, like on the ESXL gate in. So it was kind of fun yeah. messing around with them. And it was fun. Yeah, I, I had a couple other like roams, but pretty uneventful stuff. And then other than that, um, I think I, I think it was from the last episode since, but uh, I got, we got accepted into the uh, EVE or the CCP partnership program, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so part of that is uh, they give us uh, like skin codes every month. Uh, and I have to figure out fun and engaging ways to give them out to you guys. So we're going to be coming up with that. Stay tuned. I'm thinking there's going to be like some public 
roams we'll get back to that kind of stuff like we used to do a while back where everyone just kind of breaks off into like five six man meat fleets and then uh just put everyone that shows up into a raffle and then the other thing we're doing is we're a <laughs> uh, little play on the office but uh we're doing the nanofiber awards aka the nannies <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh we're also uh going to be giving out some skins for that so both to people that are winning and people that are voting so yeah look forward for that in january but that's about it right uh that's all three of us have kind of said what we've been up to so let's get into the big meat of the topic if we have time we're going to talk about do like a master class on implants after guys um but first yeah we're going to get into kind of like leading small gang groups whether you know like i said earlier whether you just want to get con get um engagement up and get more action uh or you want to like start your own group so like jocastus you started a small gang corp from nothing with just you and a buddy or maybe a couple buddies so what kind of like uh challenges did you guys face early what kind of pressures and, and things like that when you just started out um when we just started out we well to go back to like the beginning of of starting it and gaining those few friends to roam roam with I was in a wormhole corp that didn't do much PvP, um, and I really wanted to do PvP. And then so I would just go out solo because a lot of the guys um, were worried about dying. It was not fun to them to die. So I would go, and then when I got better over time, they saw, okay, he got that cool kill mail. He killed this, and in this ship, wow, let's come along. And uh, when they would just join without having come previously, they didn't get any experience leading up to it. And I didn't really know what I was doing to tell them what to do because I'd only led myself. And so they would end up just dying anyway. And I would like be flying around grid and trying to help them. But uh, that's how it led into a couple of those guys are really griffious and I starting the Kronos ritual. And, um, I'd say the first the first things we ran into is that you you fly and you you get better with your gang. Uh, you just like on any team sport, you start to know each other and how how things work and what each person flies. And then the better you get, the um, higher the scale of of content you can interact with becomes. Uh, and then not having enough people to engage that content was what we started to run into. And then so recruitment. Um, became the biggest I, I wouldn't say a problem because we were pretty relaxed about it and we put out advertisements and a lot of a lot of the people that ended up joining were from just interactions out in Eve. And they'd be like, oh then you know fun fight. You know, uh, we only have two people and you guys have four. You want us to you want to come join us and and they would. And that's that's one of the things I really enjoy about your Discord channel is all the people who just randomly go on Yeet fleets, and that's just such a good way to learn and meet and uh, get content. Yeah, or recruit if you're a small corp, right? Or or recruit exactly. You can hang out in the, and they didn't pay me to say this. You you can hang out in the in the less than ten and like <laughs> go on roams and uh, in Chronos Ritual we we would pretty much take anyone. I I really wanted it to be like this safe haven for for gaming i know i'm, I'm gonna stress a bunch through this podcast about how much i enjoy 
enjoying myself and that really a lot of that enjoyment comes from other people being happy too and so toxicity is a really low thing for me and so uh we take just about anyone into the corporation um and you know with the upfront of of course you know you're going to be in a wormhole and having the skills to scan and stuff like that are important but we'll teach you how to small gang and kite and all that and um uh doing classes like that and taking people on roams and learning what they knew and and kind of what the general uh knowledge of an eve player um was and then how to build on that was was really rewarding yeah i can kind of relate to that um like some of the stuff i did early in eve after i kind of learned the basics of pv pvp before i became you know like so-called good at small gang um uh, you know, kind of that phase where a lot of people go through where they're still like super timid to just like go out in a super expensive ship solo or duo, but yeah. you but you have some knowledge. Um, in the corp I was in Noir, we had like Noir Academy, which was the super low recruitment standard. Like anyone who wants to do it can just join, but you know you have to want to learn how to PvP. And we used to do set up classes just like you mentioned. Um, we're like, all right, this this week we're going to do a class on Tuesday and Friday, and Tuesday it's all about descanning and we'd like do play games with each other on sissy um you know like i'd warp to a celestial and everyone would be on a gate right and i'd put myself into a celestial and the first person to land on grid would win and the way you would figure out where i am is warping around and descanning me right like stuff like that um and, and definitely like it's really rewarding taking that onto yourself and we even see that like present day with with some court mates and people that we fly with in thermo that like some of the guys, I mean, I've mentioned Reich like every fucking episode now, but but like Reich is it's insane to look at how he plays now compared to like six weeks ago, you know? He's very dedicated to learning. Yeah, absolutely. He's dedicated to learning and he's in a you know, sort of an immersion learning environment that I think is really if I if I wanted to learn about Eve, I would want to do it with a being like the one new person in a group of experienced players. Yeah, it's like yeah. Yeah, the the best that's way. That's true. That is best case. Um, uh, along those lines, with with kind of learning and finding your place. Um, I think I mentioned that I joined uh, other groups. Like I, I think I did some Spectre fleets and um, trying to think of it. Just really anything that was public. And some of those were not small gang. You know, we were anchoring up, but I, I didn't know anything at the time. And so just uh learning as much as you can from different types of fcs definitely helps um the uh, the fact that we have youtube and then twitch is also super helpful because you can learn a lot from those videos especially like um uh bjorn b is one of my favorite because he fcs himself even when he's solo and that's actually a really good tactic to teach yourself to um uh, speak up during a fight because when things get intense, human nature is to kind of clam up and focus. And you're, the people that you're leading don't need that. They need you know uh, direction and leadership. And so what he does, uh, I, it's obviously helps with entertainment value in that he's talking and interacting with people in, in his stream. But it also translates directly over to leading other people as he even when he's solo, he says, okay, a line here, a line here, uh, heat this, heat this. And you're like, you could just do that without saying it, but it gets him to be vocal, which I thought was really smart. 
Yeah, um, and I think that's a useful thing, you know, for streamers especially because you're the more you explain what you're doing, the more you broaden the base of people who can watch you and then understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, because Eve is, you know, not like really very watchable uh, to the average person. It is, but yeah, it definitely happening. getting in the habit of, you know, talking more rather than less is what, you know, it's what people need from leadership for sure. And I, I never had any kind of um, structured learning environment like NOR Academy or anything like that. But I ended up in a little PVP corp with a group of people who all were much better than me. Um, who had come from Black Legion and, you know, LOSEC and various, various places. And so I would, some of them would record what they were doing and I would go back and watch their recordings and be like, what are they doing? Like, what am I, you know, I, mm -hmm. I've, I spent a, a fair amount of time feeling like I was like, you know, not fucking up, but not feeling sure that I was making good choices either if that makes sense oh it does it does Even you know like i like i didn't die so that's good but like <laughs> could i have been more effective i don't really know you weren't yeah. making plays you were just kind of there yeah well Maybe i think that's the near the fact step one of learning eve pvp is like you know getting to the point where you survive the fights yeah you know 100%. because like and then you can start like maybe I can push it a little further, but like you can't push anything if you die ten seconds in. I I, I was that's like a really good representation of, of my learning process. Now I've had God seventeen years to figure this out, but it, it really was like I would get on grid and I'd be really far away because if I got closer, I would die, and then that slowly crept in and crept in closer and closer, and I didn't wish I had a 40 kilometer point range anymore and I would be more comfortable uh, closer in because of time and experience. Um, one of the the notes I made that I'm sure you guys saw is how I understand why when people say I want to learn how to do this, a lot of people say, well, you know, time on grid and experience are key. I, I do think that is the ultimate um, uh, thing to get you there is experience. But beginning it, it's kind of an annoying thing to hear because yeah. you're like okay well how do i i can't just get experience and so how do i what do i do to build right. on what that? magic button do i push to stay on grid longer <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, and, is, so i'm never things, choosing to die right exactly so some of the things i did to help myself and try to figure out what was happening because fights especially when you're solo they're over incredibly quickly sometimes and you don't know what happened um, so I, I started using PIFA and I, it was, I think it was EFT at the time, um, to just look at the ships that I was seeing out in space more frequently. And I would grab fits from, uh, Z kill and look at what their lock ranges were, look at how much damage they were doing on average. And this, like, I wasn't making notes, you know, like physical notes or anything, but just like a mental idea of what I was up against. Uh, their the general um, uh, resist profiles of like a Kaldari Tech One whatever and Tech Two, and uh, that knowledge really helped me figure out where I could be uh, 
on on grid and and how much I could possibly tank, and then applying that to I, I got pretty bummed after trying to kite uh, for a while and just dying all the time, and then you go and you watch some YouTube video and the guy like solos eighty seven people, and you're like, why am I not good? Um, so I, I ended up playing on CC a lot, and I think I talk about CC a lot, but it it you don't have to have a friend to play on CC. That's something that when I whenever I mention CC to people, they're like, well, I just didn't have someone around to help me practice this. And I would go on CC and get in an interceptor and point a random ship that was in the combat area and try to hold point while everyone else blasted him. And there, I mean, there might be a Nyx or something on a grid or whatever, but it's a test area, so it's just to, to be expected. Um, but it's free learning. And it really gives you a chance to see, to be on grid with those ships. And how long can I exist on grid with a Nyx? Or will this Varger shoot me? Or what does a curse do? And um, you can get in, like, I, uh, at one point I was practicing Logi. And I would just fly to the combat area and just Logi the guy that was dying and see if I could avoid getting tackled. Um, and all of that will give you knowledge that you can then pass on to the people in your gang and you're just like oh, I know we're safe here at 70 kilometers because that ship most likely can't project that far. Yeah. And it, I mean like it's something that I I took for granted for a long time is like the being like flying with people that are comfortable on a grid where most aren't and it was really highlighted for me a couple a little while back where I was ro solo roaming and I ran into a group that I used to fly with a whole bunch and uh I ended up dying to them. Um, I mean, I was fighting them like 1v10, um, and they were in pretty fast stuff. So so I died, and they were like, oh, cool, good fight, man. I'm like, yeah, good fight. And they're like, hey, we're going to go to Rome. That's why we had this many people. Do you want to come with us? So I did. And we were flying like a projection frigate doctrine, right? And we roamed up to um, uh, like a null block staging, and they responded with a, a fleet. And we were kind of warping around, and they were anchoring up. But um, like I was kind of following the fc's orders as you would um and a lot of the times we'd like we spent most of the fight warping around grid and i was like man we got them exactly where we want them this is going to be great and then the fc would like call for everyone to warp off and i'm like what like we were 50 off at full speed and and that's like the edge of our projection range it's perfect they have tons of stuff burning for us like what but it just it's it's the thing if you don't small gang a lot you you can't you're not comfortable in that situation and, and you know whether you're afraid to feed or 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 whatever afraid to commit to the fight it, it's it, it's really a like you can't small gang without being comfortable on that grid so getting to the point of being comfortable is a tall task like it really is it's really key for um for leading especially both what jacostas was talking about with like sort of getting familiar with ship profiles and you know not necessarily memorizing every range of every weapon and every hull but like no. you look at what's on grid and be able to say like we're all going to die in a fire or <laughs> maybe we have to kite out their tackle or we got this ram them you know like making that decision is be, feeling comfortable with that decision i guess i should say um yeah. is what enables you to then communicate to a group like let's do this let's don't do this you know and that's where 
where you get back to the leadership part of it because you're not that we have FCs in small gang, but um, it can be, especially with newer people, or if you're trying to build a group who aren't familiar with each other, it's really important to have someone pointing everyone in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um, going along with the making decisions and uh, learning um, to our next section there, we have the confidence of making decisions. And a lot of times when I was first starting, I wouldn't really know what to do. A lot of hesitation comes in because you just don't. You haven't been in this situation or and you're worried about whelping the fleet and all your friends being mad at you. Um, and to that, I would go back to what I was saying a little earlier about joining other other groups. And um, our friend Yan gave me a list of groups um, that you can join. Other like So other than hopping in the less than 10 Discord and seeing who's doing a yeet or looking for Rome, um, there's the Corp uh, Fuedit. Um, and they do public fleets and they uh, the small gang public fleets and so you can um hop in there in their comms and uh they roam out of thera uh and uh get into small gang and learn from how their fcs do things um there's some other corps noir uh they don't do public fleets but they do mentorship like um feral saying uh wildcard does uh, mentor um meaning they'll they'll kind of teach you as you go uh ronin um mentorship out of c2 null wildcard c2 null no iron providence um but and odin's call too right i think oh yes yeah they're on the list odin's call yeah um and um wrote capelda's open fleets or you know semi-public fleets if you um get in their discord and tell them that that's what you're looking for. They have a role for people who are looking for roams out of like nano gangs out of JGAM. You can, you can join them and spend the time kind of learning how they, how they lead and what, what looks to be effective and, and how you like to be led and then incorporate that into what you're looking to do when you lead um, open comms, uh, YouTube videos or, or Twitch. Uh, if you have time to watch, are good too because uh, you don't necessarily have to be there to learn. Um, and you mentioned Bjorn B. I mean, we could also throw in his, he has that Bank Robbers Corp that he recently started, which was started oh. for the ESSs. Um, and it's the same, very much like, I don't think they have any recruitment standard. You just join up, whether you're an alt you're, or whatever. You literally just join his Discord and opt into the role. So there you go. You can do that too. Yeah. Um, I think uh, something that's key here is something you have in the show notes but you haven't actually said yet here, Jocastus, is that choosing to learn to lead this stuff is like something you have to actively pursue, which is separate from learning how to be good at small gang. You need to be comfortable enough to small with small gang to make decisions or provide direction first, but like you're saying, go on these roams and listen to how they FC or listen to who talks and listen to how they do their comms. Yeah, that, that that's actually a good point. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that too from the from the notes because I am. Um, um, there are ship choices that can help you lead, and uh, 
from experience, I found it really difficult to be like the main box tackle ship and like right in the thick of it and still trying to watch kind of where my gang is positioned and and make sure people are are within range and uh, or if I'm lodgy, obviously I can't see the engaged target and how it's if it's dying or not. Um, so flying something that gives that's not super action per minute heavy gaming that gives you a chance to do some damage from range um, uh, kind of in the middle of the pack and zoom out every once in a while and look look and see is my positioning uh, good is is anyone separating from the fleet um, are things landing that we can't engage um, so finding yourself a nice ship my mine ended up being the Osprey Navy issue a lot of times um, but finding yourself a nice ship that can keep you on grid and keep you engaged in not only the the shooting and the PvP, but the leadership aspect and give you a moment to to reset your brain. Yeah, because if you're lead. dodging tackle left and right, right or trying to get tackle or whatever, like you're not really necessarily looking at the big picture the whole time. And if you're trying to lock your friends to do logi, then you're not locking targets to see how they're living or not. For sure, that's definitely important. And it's nice, like, I, I mean, I know I've mentioned stuff like this before where our gangs don't really have a leader and everyone is just able to relay information when it's appropriate. And then we fly with each other enough that we can kind of make, like, I, you know, you can guess what someone's going to do and it's right most of the time and how they're going to react. But that's like a fucking extreme luxury. Um, so it, that it doesn't really, really apply in this place at all in what we're talking about. It's, if you're it's, if you're part of an experienced group, like we're not really speaking to you when we're talking about this because yeah. that's a goal for sure. But man, to get there is is like there's a reason there's not that many small like you know small gang groups around because that is it's a it's a difficult thing to to get into. It's um one of the things that that I feel very strongly about, and I, I mentioned already, I think. I, 80 times is the way in which you lead people and I, I think that the gaming community can lean towards harshness sometimes that uh, yeah that's I'm fair. sure people have heard you know well it's because you're bad and you can't you can't learn anything other than you may not like that person who said that to you uh <laughs> if if that's the only note that you get it's because you're bad and you you're gonna lose retention of the those those people because who you know who really wants to be around that and get told that they're bad and then no uh, no constructive criticism comes out of it um mm. so helping to direct people like because if, if you spend the time to learn these things to lead people you're going to know more than a lot of people in the game about uh grids and ships and positioning and um taking a moment to recognize that you I was raised by teachers, so it's kind of instilled in me that you have this nice moment to teach and, uh, something that took you a long time to learn. You can pass on in a few sentences and then get people up to where you're at and then have a great time flying with them. And so not yelling at people and I know I'm sounding preachy and not talking down to like, of course, people, you know, it's, it's a, it's an intense endeavor, the small gang, uh, or even, or even the big fights too. But, uh, that intensity can fall on like, ah, oh, 
it's too bad you lost point or damn it, I died. But I once it crosses over to like yelling at somebody for sucking or or something, I, I think is with yeah. the Kronos ritual where it crossed the line for me. Hundred percent. I would agree. Um, yeah, and I think people will certainly learn more. Like if you start, even if you then go on to explain what they should have done, if you start with you're so useless and terrible, like they've stopped listening to you right there. Mm -hmm. They're done, you know, yeah. because they don't, they're emotionally closing down and defending themselves from you essentially because you're attacking them. Yeah. But if you start with that's too bad, maybe next time, you know, or just think about this. I actually really like the way we do after action analysis in as much as we do it in thermo in that it's usually in a chat channel, mm -hmm. not on comms, which separates people from their feelings a lot. And it's very like, here's a thought, here's a thought, here's a, maybe, maybe this could have worked kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which I think keeps it out of the, like, you did this wrong. It's a, like, next time we do this other thing. It's about yeah. the group and it's not um, it's not about the failure so much as it's about a solution that would have worked in that situation. Mm -hmm. And a, another uh, effective PVP entity, uh, the United States military also does after action reviews. And it's, it's for that reason that there's an experience. People see it from however many different eyes uh, that were there and giving everyone a voice um, not only on grid, but then afterwards, like Ten was saying, is, is you can learn a lot from those things because I got I learned things about my leadership style. Uh, like I I will miss in the heat of the moment that someone said that they were dying and had to warp away, and I I had to learn to zoom out a little more and and watch where my fleet was going and have my my uh, what is that called the little fleet box where you can see people's shield and armor and everything yeah the watch list yeah the watch list and that would let me know kind of who's on on field because I, I would get lost in the moment and and not hear what people were saying and so having those after after reviews um you can learn about a lot about yourself too and i always always take those times to be very open about it and be like okay did anyone feel like i should have said more or or uh during whatever yeah. situation x or y i think uh Another thing to kind of mention, uh, we're talking about like after action reports, but like a before action report is, you know, almost equally as important. Not necessarily that you have to sit down and go through like what you're going to do, but some some really like common things like what you're flying and stuff like that. And a lot of times in small gang, we'll, we're very open, uh, like us, especially in thermo. It's like bring whatever you want, but I'm in this, right? Mm -hmm. So like, it, you know, you wouldn't want to be going out in cheap T1 cruisers and someone shows up in a 900 mil you know, uh, hack with snakes and, and you're going I, out to be aggressive and, and probably feed, but try and get some good kills and they want to live. You know what I mean? Like that's a recipe for disaster. As, as a leader in those situations, I always tried to be careful because people, it's a game. People want to have fun, but trying to word it like, like just like that same situation you're talking about, like, Hey, so yeah, we're, we're all flying $6 million ships. And if you want to bring your Kronos, then you know, I don't want to stop you, but you may have a bad time. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is just don't expect, don't expect like, 
Yeah, you know, and it's well, it's also, I mean, it, again, people can fly what they want. I'm a big proponent in that, but being the guy in the Kronos, it's kind of a dick move too. Cause when you're flying like a really engageable looking comp and then somebody, like, I guess it's not really a dick move because they also look like a really juicy kill, but you know, like a content yeah. magnet. But, but anyway, before is, is good too. That's important, especially when you're looking at like how you deal with, you know, does your fleet do well? Does your fleet do badly? Changes very much. Like if you're going out in a bunch of blaster shield thoraxes to go sit in an ESS and just like smash face until you're all dead, mm-hmm. your your success definition is super different than if we're going out in our snaked Ikitursas and command ships and like if we go sit in an ESS and smash face until we all die we're going to end up massively is negative and yeah. like eating 16. You know, <laughs> we're going to feed 16 bill to kill two bill instead of feeding, you know, 200 mil to kill two bill <laughs> or whatever, you know? So like making sure that the people who are coming on your fleet, especially if you're leading it, just have their expectations aligned and maybe someone wants to come feed their Kronos. Yeah. Like that's a choice people make and that's fine. But it's it's the expectation that like they're gonna come have fun and then die or come have fun and then get home that makes it like especially the the live or die thing, I think, because that's the last part of the fleet. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing that sticks in people's minds a little bit, like every time I go on a fleet with this guy, I die is okay if every time I go on a fleet with this guy it's like we're riding to Valhalla and it's yeah fucking rock and roll music in the background and everything's on fire. Like I'll do that every day. But if it's instant, I want to go be a, be a badass and kill a bunch of people and defeat them. And, you know, and, and for me, that includes living. I don't want to go on that fleet. Yeah. You know, or I, I want to go on that fleet when I'm in the mood for that fleet. And it's, it's when you expect one and you get the other, that you get that really bad taste in your mouth. That happens a lot when we're yeeting and like we're in blingy stuff and we like land in frat space or something. And it's like, all right, guys, do we want to find a fight here or do we want to wait 15 minutes and yeet him? Yeah. Uh, right. And then um, Yan pipes up that he's tackled something on a keepster grid and we just go for it. <laughs> so uh, along with leading and, and like success and failure, um, especially when you're leading uh, people who are just beginning or, or, or still learning, um, which we all still learn, but you know what I mean? Um, giving the people that are coming along with you that have not spent the time that you did to kind of learn to lead, uh, that time to react to the decisions that you make um, is is something to always keep in mind that, that you may be able to jump through a gate and align warp and escape the gate camp, but people who haven't done that as many times as as, as you may have, or the leader, uh, are going to need uh, more time to react. Just like it's easier for a solo pilot to travel through space than it is a fleet of ten people, because you, you know, if they're aligning and warping all at the same time, you have to wait. And um, someone's always watching YouTube, and you have to tell them like, hey, pay, <laughs> pay attention to Eve. Um, so thinking. Attempting to think a couple steps ahead, and I don't mean predicting enemy fleet movements or stuff like that, but just simple things like moving from gate to gate is going to take this much longer because we have uh, X amount of guys. Um, 
and what what should my guys do when we're landing on grid um what should we do when we're when we're running from the enemy how should you know how should we stay together and, and how much longer is that going to take for people to hear my message and enact those things and so trying to plan to give your fleet members those moments figure out what you said look on their screen find the align time or the broadcasted target is is a helpful thing to keep you as a leader sane because if you if you say dps this target and it doesn't happen as quickly as you are uh, it can end up feeling frustrating because you're like why why is why are people not catching up but you have to give them time to learn and catch up to what uh what you've already learned yeah. yeah and and another thing that kind of goes along with that is is don't be like i mean okay so i'm like a optimistic kind of kind of person but uh be happy even when things don't go well like it's it's a game it's supposed to be fun like nothing is worse than the the shitty feeling when your fleet like whelps and people are being shitty about it like be That's positive true. like be like oh you know like you can look back at things after like be be positive for the first while and then assess and talk about the problems mm-hmm. but uh yeah i definitely yeah, would, would say that's, that's important, important for sure i think another thing that um something that i found really interesting i ended up uh ages ago i was in a in a wormhole corp that we were friends with siege green um the korean group and mostly in low sec they also have some wormhole people and so forth but we we would jump into their fleets sometimes, um, which are all FC'd by uh, Erestrian, um, who's a pretty good fleet FC. Um, and he FC's in English to a bunch of Koreans for whom English is mainly a second language hmm. um, and a couple of English speakers. But like English is the like the most universal language of the group, I guess. Um, sure. Like if he had FC'd in Korean, I would have had no idea what to do. And if he's FCing in English, everyone, you know, maybe they don't speak English very well, but everyone like will warp to the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. but what he would do, he says every command three times, like everything aligned to this, aligned to this, aligned to this, warp to this, warp to this, warp to this, shoot to this. Every single command he gives, he says it three times. Um, and I found that really useful, especially yeah. when I was newer. Because nothing, I find nothing more distracting in a complicated situation as trying to hear the FC and having a bunch of people being like, what did you say? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. comms gets cluttered and it's just, you know, and maybe it feels if, if, you're, if you're leading, FCing, whatever you want to call it, a bunch of people who are more experienced, they'll find it unnecessary and they know how to listen and all that. But for the newer people, it is it's much less comms, noise, and distraction for someone to say the same thing three times than for someone to say it once, someone else to ask what it was, for the leader to say it again while someone else is also trying to answer it because they're being helpful and trying to fill in and like it just becomes this clutter. Yeah. yeah. So while obviously with small gang, you're not gonna be FCing in that specific way, it is really important to have clear communication. Um, and one of the things that you can learn, one of the things you can encourage people in your group to learn is how and when to talk. Because you can talk 
and you can take five minutes and a thousand words to say, you know, I'm in the next system and there's 20 people in local and I see this on Dscan, or you can say system name, people in local, sh notable ships on Dscan and mm -hmm. make it really concise. And just if everyone reduces the amount of talking they're doing, everyone hears everything better. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It, it is a social game. Yeah. This is a really good, great points, 10. And so people, you know, they get on comms and a long day at work and crack a beer and they want to talk to people. And uh, one of the things I would do in the situations that we had in our game, we were traveling through null and some of those pieces on the, on the map would be relatively empty, empty. So as we were going 10 jumps or something, eight of those jumps, I, I personally would be fine. Like people were chit chatting. And then once we got in range of, you know, a PVP engagement and scouts and things, they like, all right, guys, you know, we're getting there, game face. And um, people would generally calm down, and, and you could hear the, the it would get, you know, more PvP comms oriented. Um, but then, um, like you were saying with the, the repetition of phrases, you know, jump the gate, jump the gate, jump the gate, or something like that, the, the cadence in the way you direct um, can also have a really big influence on people hearing you. Um, I always try to be really calm and very measured with the th the directions that I would give, because I always figured if the grid is hectic and you hear just like if your plane is crashing and the pilot comes on, like uh, we're now at ten thousand feet instead of thirty thousand, everything is not okay. It's something still slightly calming about the tone. Um, yeah. And if you get on grid and you're like. Tackles coming in, and, and people start yelling, and other people start piping up, and and so, for for my style, attempting to hit almost every um, uh, directive uh, in the same tone, uh, like you know, bat stilettos coming in would be similar to. All right, we're going to take that gate, um, just so that when they hear, uh, it's kind of like a. A hypnosis thing in the sense that oh there's that tone of voice i know that's a direction i should i should listen type yeah, of thing absolutely yeah, it helps people separate what is you know chatting and whatever yeah. from what is like information that i should be listening to mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well so far we've talked a lot about like what you can do kind of on grid like very much in the moment type stuff like running fleets but two things I think we should touch on before we kind of wrap this up is um, is one is the the act of like being consistent and how often and what you can kind of expect. And then we'll get into recruitment. So on the first part is something I want to touch on is. Is especially with a group that's like newer to small gang um, is you either have to you have to do two things. You have to like really promote and foster people going out on their own doing like solo duo and getting into comms so that it's visible and people can see some someone is doing something and then they'll pop on and join them and now there's two and then another person comes and there's three that's a very organic way that's the way mm -hmm. thermo thermo is but that's probably unrealistic for newer groups so the alternate to that in my opinion is what you have to do for success is you have to be fucking consistent with what you're doing with letting people know when you're roaming and sticking to that because People aren't going to stick around if there's like a fleet every five days. 
You know what I mean? Like, so you either have to do that as the leader or you have to have a team of people, um, which is like straight up number one reason I've never started a, a corp. Uh, like I've wanted to, I'd, I want to do that, but I can't commit myself to, to the activity requirement yeah. that would be, that would be needed to be successful. There, there um, is straight underlying up. pressure of content generation when you are trying to be a leader. Um, taking a bunch of people out on a Friday night and roaming space and having nothing happen is not the worst thing in the world, but it feels like you're bombing at a comedy show uh, or you're showing your friend a movie that they end up finding boring. And um, as a leader, that can feel bad sometimes. Um, so having building up and having friends in your group that you want to lead who help take some of that burden is it was really helpful for me so that breaks down to um, having a good interceptor pilot who could scout ahead and relay information very uh, succinctly like ten was mentioning having and, and you build all these things up it's not like you, you just you know recruit them from a list of people uh, people end up liking different roles and you try to foster those uh having a friend in the group who kind of is like the the cat herder or takes a moment like if they're in the oracle from 100 kilometers away they have more of an eye on the battlefield than you do and they can say hey uh guy in the mollus or caracal you're flying away from our group come you know turn left and come back towards us um having trying to gain and have those extra people so that not everything falls on you you can you can still try to make all the main decisions but in a small gang as pharaoh mentioned earlier there may not be there's an idea of an fc because groups still need some type of leadership to get somewhere uh, and make you know an overall decision um but mostly the what you're going towards is telling people before you roam it's okay to speak up if you see something and I'm and I'm haven't said anything about it. Say see something, say something. Um, uh, if you notice on D scan uh, two rapiers that were there and then they cloaked, you can say that. Um, and it allows other people to be a finger on the hand that is you know grasping for what your your goal is and helping rather than just you dragging them along with you yeah one of my favorite like realizations of this uh like there's no fc and small gang thing um was pretty funny and it was i think you guys were both there but when we are went out in in those caracals with uh or not caracals drakes with uh some ospreys and we set up to fight all those caracals in the ess and as they were landing like oh we kind of realized we didn't have a target caller because we always just call who we're shooting and other people shoot that target. There isn't a need in small gang for like the rapid target switching that you get in like midsize or large scale fleet. Yeah. Things aren't dying that fast. And we like kind of have panicked when everything started landing. We realized that, well, we need, we need everyone to shut up and one person just call targets. So we're like 10 call targets. <laughs> Like it was yeah, hilarious. Because, just, you, you know, know you, so unprepared. If we spread DPS, like we all die. But we managed to get it at least moderately concentrated, and then we ended up all living. 
Um, yeah, and that's like funny. the yeah, it's not the the normal small gang end, but it's definitely you know if you're if you're bringing a smaller group together, or you're starting a new group, or you're using a bunch of new people to make a group. You know, you can't start like we were saying earlier. You can't start from where Thermo is now. Like that's that's just not where you're gonna be. God, we're good. Okay. We are. We're fucking Still amazing. Field. Handsome. <laughs> Handsome. Tall. Desirable. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, uh, I mean, another aspect too. Like, uh, let's let's be realistic. There's there's corpse out there uh, that exist for content right uh these are like small gang corpse or 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 corpse i don't know i kind of i don't want to like pick on groups but like corpse that are like yeah we do whaling i kind of mm-hmm. feel like those corpse rather than an environment um where uh like kind of what we're talking about they're they're more like we get big kills so if you want to get big kills to join us and i'm not yeah. like a, a super big fan of that that's fine but just keep in mind if you are trying to like start a corp or get into something that like it's okay to do that. It's okay to like link big BRs and be like, you can have this too. We need more people come fly with us. But uh, I think just going back, like you have to decide what kind of corp you want and what kind of environment you want to foster and stay true to that. Because if people join early and then it changes, it's not going to be what they want. And you're just going to be trading recruited members for older people leaving your corp. So stay true. Like yeah. Jocasta said in TKR, they really work to keep it like very non-toxic and I mean, I can attest to that. It was, it was, it was a, a very eye-opening group where it was just relaxing and fun to be around, right? And I think that uh, is also in in Thermo now, um, mm-hmm. being that there's a lot of TKR people in in Thermo. Some um, people went as far as to say it was the best time they had in Eve. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, well, I think that goes back to you know, like we've been talking about a little bit, setting setting expectations before the fleet is is a big deal in that way setting the expectation that there will be a fleet mm-hmm. and then saying you know if you if you give people the expectation that like if they show up to this fleet they're going to get super calf kills like and then you don't mm-hmm. they're going to be disappointed no matter what kind of fun they had or ha- didn't have but if you say i'm taking a fleet out hopefully we'll have content but like you know we all know what we're signing up for here and giving people a realistic picture of like, you know, small gang, you're going to go out and you're going to find something and maybe it's going to be something unfightable. Or mm-hmm. maybe you're going to get Ansible X trapped by frat and just absolutely dumpstered. Yeah. You know, or whatever, yeah. like just making people aware that these are the the possible things that they're signing up for really helps with them yeah. feeling positive about it in the end because they, they weren't, surprised by something that they didn't know could happen they were like okay i i knew i was taking these risks mm-hmm. and i Make, agreed to that making them aware and then following through till the end uh, i think is really important and the people that are following eyes as well because if if it doesn't go well and you're mad and you you died or something um so you just log off um, well, there is a time to do that. You know, if you're going to rage on comms or something, don't do that. But uh, leading the people that survived home, or or if if you end up, you know, potted back to wherever, helping someone 
the, the second in charge lead them out um, is is a really important thing that people will remember if they're trapped in a dead end system in a ship that they like or or whatever the situation may be helping them get home through hopefully you, you maybe you've hacked some filaments to to eat yourself out of that system or scan a wormhole down or safe logging and then scouting for them uh you hop in an interceptor and fly back that direction and scout for them to help them move through gates or or know when to log back in goes a long way with people rather than just like okay good luck yeah uh, Fuck, I can't, I, the amount of times I've stayed up, like, way past when I wanted to go to bed, just, like, trying to get home, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. trying to get back, it's like, uh, you know, and if you have to leave, you have to leave, but it definitely does, like, kind of build camaraderie, getting, yeah. getting home, even when it's a failure, like, getting, getting people home safe is almost a win as well. Yeah, and then having that expectation of, uh, if I die, then hopefully I had insurance on whatever ship, or... If we kill some things and get some loot, um, we would always use that loot money to like reimburse what we could. Yeah. Um, there were a few times where like I made a really bad call and someone died and lost. You know, they were really bummed about it. And I had some liquid isk, and I would just convo them privately and be like, "Hey, this, that was my fault." Uh, I think ninety nine percent of the time they would be like, "No, no, no, don't you know, don't send me your isk," but. It always made me feel better in certain cases if you have that that liquidus to do that, or to you know use use whatever um, loot to help them regain a ship uh, and kind of balance out that loss. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, let's do like uh, like ten second each closing kind of stuff, kind of like tips, words of encouragement. Mine would just be uh, like stay true to your vision. And when you recruit people, don't compromise what you want your corp to be just for like that one uh, idiot that doesn't fit. Um, just like, you know, have don't have time for those people. If they don't fit your vision, then, you know, ask them to leave. Be be nice and, you know, humane about it. But that that's my words of encouragement is don't don't settle yeah. just for one player. Sometimes you have to butt up against people and not allow toxicity or whatever you're not going for um my hard and fast rules for small gang that um pop into my head all the time are never go back to a system once they've formed i can't tell you how many times i've like all right let's go back and and fight him because there's a fight there and then all the people that had logged on are still there talking about it and then they all undock and you're even more outnumbered than you were before and you just (laughs) end up feeding um I do break that rule sometimes, but it's one of the ones that is pretty consistent. Me too, when I lose uh, ships. Yeah. Uh, push yourself, but learn your limits. Um, that's something I have been failing at recently, as I, I uh, am just looking to have fun. So once I, I do find a fight, I'll just jump into whatever. And uh, I die, and it leaves people a ship short. And one of the things in Small Gang is, while I don't agree with toxicity, you're small gang friends there's not many of you and they need you to be good uh so me feeding my ship that was doing most of the dps or whatever my role was is not helpful um try not to get mad it's a video game when people get big heads and or yell i it it blows my mind because we are sitting at our computers hiding from our significant other playing a video game like relax yeah no one no one came here to be ragey yeah 
And that's I a good think, ones too. I think that's, that's yeah. Good. How about you, Ten? You got like a just going back to what you were saying earlier about like you know let letting other people contribute is what makes them feel useful and keeps them there. Letting someone be your scout, you know, and maybe you give them some pointers about how to do that, but you can't tell them they're an asshole for doing it. You know, you have <laughs> like you, even if they do it wrong, you still can't tell them they're an asshole for doing it. But like, find the guy who wants to be an interceptor pilot. Someone in your group knows how to use Dotland, and man, he wants to share that. Yep. <laughs> like, that there's that guy's there. Let him find you ratters or someone to start a fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Well, let's. Uh, I mean, that was a really good discussion. We chatted up quite a while, but I, I don't know. I hope people find that uh, interesting and and more so inspiring. Um, and if uh, if you are thinking about starting a small gang group and you're looking for tips, like you can DM me, you can DM Jocastus, yeah. you can DM Ten. Uh, I didn't even ask them, but I, you you can. I know them. They they will help you out. Uh, whatever just... information you need. I just talked to some guy for like two hours the other night who we fought and he convoed me and was like, what happened? And we talked and talked and Yan joined and that's how I got this list of places to join small gang because Yan told him a yeah. bunch of stuff. And, and hell, if, if you're a new group doing small gang, like DM me and I'll just give you guys shout outs at the end of the show uh, for other people that are new that are looking for groups because it can be difficult to find people and, you know, um, yeah, just, just DM me and, and I'll give you a shout out. So, but let's get into kind of implants. Um, we're, we're going to like generalize over the ones that we don't think are hyper useful to small gang. That's not saying you can't like make up some, uh, niche meme fit. Meme fits are useful in small gang. Sometimes, uh, if you know what you're going up against or you know what your limits are, you can use meme fits that are off meta and, and. Uh, have people come into a situation where they don't know, uh, they underestimate you or something along those lines, right? So, you know, we're kind of going to do this from like a basics standpoint, not like talking about, uh, you know, the crazy fucking sensor strength implant falcon or something dumb. I don't know. But anyway, just keep that in mind. We'll talk about the importance one in depth, but we're going to go through again all of them there's there's uh, a lot of implant sets out there it turns out (laughs) we're gonna get those dumb sensor strength ones out of the way there is four different implant sets for sensor strength grails jackals spurs and talons one for each race of of sensor strength they sensor type they you know as you guys know they belong in different races of ships that's it does what it says in the box sensor strength up um and again these are like the core implants so slot one through six um for for these implants um Harvest implants do mining laser range, uh, useless for small gang. Um, the mimesis implants are ones that were launched kind of recently, semi-recently, and they're they're interesting. You could find some use for this, but they they're very unique. They're for triglavian guns, and they change the scaling. So they have a slow. You start at the same base damage, but they ramp up slower. But the peak damage you do is higher. So over time, shooting larger targets. That you're shooting for a while, you're going to do more damage. Right. If you're shooting a super capital or a POS or something like that, maybe these end up in the long run, you net more total damage output. But in most yeah. small gang circumstances, time to kill is too important to slow your DPS climb down that much. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 
Um, and then I'll do the next one on the list, and then you guys can take take on. One of you guys can carry on, but we'll go into ascendancies, which are warp speed. Um, unless you're flying like a super or a titan in small gang, those dudes will will use warp speed. Other than that, so, uh, pretty useless. They're also extremely expensive for a, a set of ascendancy implants. I have seen ascendancy used effectively in ranged DPS ships like Oracle or something. If yeah, you're not, for sure. Like if, if you're using your ship to warp in at range and then do damage and then you warp away once you start taking damage, it, basically what it did is it 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 lowered the amount of time the Oracle wasn't on field. Yeah. Uh, is it used? Would that be used all the time? Probably not. But that was something I saw for small game. Interesting. The only real tip I would have about those is that if you use the WS618 um, implant instead of the high grade Omega, you lose like 4% warp speed or some tiny amount like that. And it costs about 5 billion isk less. <laughs> so if you are going to use high grade ascendancies, <laughs> do yourself a favor and skip the Omega and uh, get the, this, the hardwiring for warp speed. Um, the next one on the list, Talisman, always looks super cool to me because I love capacitor warfare. Um, what it does is it causes your newts to cycle faster. Um, it doesn't give you a discount or anything, so you cost yourself more cap over time as well. But in practice, unless you're newting out faxes in a Balgorn or something, they're not um, going to make a really meaningful difference in most small gang situations. On. Um, the next set here, those are the ones that I think are almost never, except maybe that case with the Oracle, um, going to be used for small gang. There's some really situational or all useful ones. Halos reduce your SIG radius. Um, very rarely are they better than snakes because the speed to signature ratio is what makes you tank. And increasing your speed has other benefits while decreasing your SIG radius only affects your SIG tank effectively. Virtues give you scan bonuses if you have a combat scanner, alts, or if you're probing wormholes or whatever. They're amazing, but they have no like kind of on-grid effect. Centurions increase E-War range. If you have an alt in a Kitsune, they're amazing. If you're doing anything else, not so much. Um, I don't know, how do you guys feel about nomads, which are the agility implants? I, I've seen people that really enjoy them for, I can't remember exactly what ships, like maybe a Dramil or, or something very agile to make them Daredevil. more agile. Yeah, Dare, Daredevil. But uh, I know people would often try to make the argument to me using nomads over snakes for 100 men or overpropped ships because they fly like a freight train and if mm. you can turn faster to be better but once again it's what 10 mentioned and if i can make my ship go that much faster and outrun something even if i can't turn uh, it ends up mitigating more damage uh, yeah i think part of what handicaps nomads a little bit is that there is no high grade there's only low and mid grade so if you're going to go in on a blingy pod, 
you know, it's hard for a mid-grade agility to compete with high-grade snakes or genos, something like that. Though I know a number of people who use the Nomad Epsilon with their Geno sets because that slot's open. Yeah. I would agree. I've never flown Nomads, and I probably won't unless there's, like, some pretty big game changes. But, yeah, that's Nomads. They're they're useful for, like... Uh like freighters and stuff, right? I think there's freighter pilots that will use nomads. Oh, sure. Yes, just because it if you're flying around high sec in a freighter, it cuts your travel time. It ends up being fairly significant. Uh, save your pods. Uh, decrease your remote rep cycle time, which obviously are useful for logi, potentially, especially armor logi, where the rep hits at the end of the cycle. So it decreases the amount of time till that hits. Um, and particularly trig logi with their ramp, like the faster you can get that cycling, the more you start repping, and that's better. But again, you know, most small gang situations, you're not necessarily going to be dedicated logi ship or want a dedicated logi pod. Yeah. Um, but it also suffers from the same thing that uh, the um, talismans suffer, suffer from, which is that there's no capacitor bonus. So. Like, yeah, you are repping more, but you're also using more cap per second. And on some ships, it's it's so much that it's actually quite crippling. Yeah, I think, again, that's why probably they're best on a like a Zarmaz, because as we were discussing in Corp the other day, or earlier today, the Zarm has prodigious capacitor. What else have we got in this set? Uh, Edge has low and mid grades, and they reduce the number penalty like the actual penalty amount of your drug side effects um i don't feel great about committing to six implant slots for an effect that may or may not happen especially if you have good drug skills yeah and if you live out of a citadel you can pre-roll drugs anyway which for those of you who don't know is when you swap clones it erases your drug effects including side effects so if you just take a drug before right before you undock and you get side effects, you just swap and swap back, take another drug until you get no side effects. Um, well, in, a, in a Citadel, you can swap as many times as you want with no penalty. Right, there's no cooldown. Yeah. Um, unlike stations and Thera, are you listening to the CCP, please? Fix there, it. Uh, there are dwellers crying right now. But one, <laughs> one thing of note is there's, before I had link skills, I used to put a drug implant in my slot 10. Because there's, I can't remember the name of it, but there is a... Uh, a drug toxin control that's the one yes. in your slot 10 so i used to use that um and i had good drugs drug skills i used drug lots so i would just throw that in as well the the thing i try to do with my ship fits is make if i get a bad roll on the drugs it shouldn't affect my ship so much that i can't use it maybe yeah. maybe it'll maybe it'll you know beat my capacitor or my my armor buffer or whatever up a little bit but i should I try to plan for it to be bad, a bad roll. Mm -hmm. That's just what I do. Because if I take a drug, yeah. it ruins my chances of success. And I'm not even going to bring the drugs. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's too much of a, a risk. Or I'll bring the drugs like, um, like I'll bring a drop. And, yeah. and I, I'll only take it if like there's a shitload of frigs. Or same with exile. If like I get hard tackled and I'm trying to tank through something. And it's like, well, fuck it. I'm, you know, I'm going to pop right. it now anyway. Yeah, but uh, um, we should probably do a one of these about drugs at some point. Note, yeah, that's or later. That's, good. that's a good. Point. <laughs> but uh, we'll get into. I mean, Jacassus, you can 
you can talk about the hydras because i mean i know you've been theory crafting hydra fits right a little so, bit yes yeah, so the hydras are interesting uh it works with garista's ships mainly is what it's built around so you can it helps with drone tracking and optimal and and then also missile explosion radius and velocity or something like that so it, it buffs drones and missiles and i've been just playing with it on uh, purely missile ships or purely drone ships so not necessarily the the uh three garista ships rattlesnake um gila and uh the other one the worm the worm and um you can use the hydras to do some pretty outrageous things with missile range um like the last i remember uh, you can get a cerberus to shoot rage kinetic uh heavy assaults out to like 90 kilometers or something stupid with high grade hydras um and uh you can get the optimals on sentry drones to be like 180 kilometers um so if if you're looking to be a bit meme or put the edge on really gaining range with drones or or missiles it it could be really be something to look into with the hydras because you can even start pushing rockets out to uh have a hawk that shoots rockets out to 44 kilometers just by itself and with the hydras it ends up going like something like 60 or 70 kilometers so if you really want to use ranged rockets then go for some hydras that's a choice you can make yeah yeah. So if you're it's very ship specific. Um and you're gonna kinda have to build your fit with like the idea that you're gonna be in this this pot. Mm -hmm. They're very expensive. They're very expensive, that is also true. Um the other implant set that's here in the kind of maybe, maybe not category is the the newest set that's come out with these winter ones, the Rapture set, uh which increases your capacitor regeneration speed um which at you know at first glance like yeah everyone wants capacitor regeneration speed all the time i always want more capacitor right um and i've been playing with some fits a little bit and you can do some interesting things like you can make a curse cap stable with all its newts running with a cap battery um and some other things that are interesting i'm not sure it's better than snakes in a lot of situations but on something with a sizable cap, like total amount, if you put that regen on top of it, you can get some really impressive tanking or um, other cap benefits out of it that let you free up cap, you know, mid slots for a cap booster or a cap adder or something to use for something else. Again, I don't think that it's going to be a go-to for anything but with specific fits it might be might be quite interesting we'll get into the tank implants so there's four of these there's two for buffer and two for active rep um, so those are for buffer the amulets which are armor nirvana is shield buffer um, nirvanas are still very expensive right there i haven't looked recently but they're a lot more than amulets aren't they yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, because they're newer implants still. The shield passive regen effect gets amplified by them, and so they're they're much more useful for soloing or you know kind of small gang play, I think, than amulets, which are great if you have logi to rep your tremendous buffer. Um, yeah. But otherwise, 
or low sec. I think there's a lot of solo like yeah. action warfare dudes that that will use amulets on their frigs. Right. If your if your game is just to outlast the other person's tank, yeah. Because then you're gonna warp off to a citadel or a station and repair. They're yeah. quite useful for that. And the active rep, reps are the uh, Asclepians and Crystals, so armor and shield. Um, it, it it's it's tough. Using these can be tough because uh, it it goes back to brawling. Um, you know, you're probably gonna get blobbed. So like, yeah, you can tank more, but <laughs> can you tank a blob? No. Right. So it doesn't like you know it doesn't matter how much you can tank. Like you can tank ten thousand DPS, but if there's 50 munins shooting you like oh well yeah. and they have all the time in the world while you're sitting there hard tackled to like bring a saber right new chew and and get you know, whatever else yeah um but i will say i think it was takuya made an interesting video about um using crystal pods in certain battleships yeah. Um, so there are there are a couple of cases where like with especially I think materials and nightmares that are very good at avoiding or mitigating being tackled anyway that they let you know having the the crystals in um, for your shield tank lets you stay in longer before you leave because you can leave when you want to. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and then. Okay, so we've saved the best for last. Um, I'd say most small gangers, if they're using implants, they're gonna have, you know, like a like a bill pod kind of thing. They're gonna have one of these two implant sets, and those are snakes or genos. So snakes uh, increase your max velocity. It's kind of like the gold standard of kiting. Um, when I first started flying implants, I uh, like you know not super budget pods, which we'll talk about after. I started with mid grades, uh, and then you know, because high grade snakes are expensive. It's it's billions for a set. Like I think my normal high grade pod is like three bill, but my mid grade pod was like you know nine hundred or something like that. Um, and all they, they make you go faster. That's it. You have more speed. You have a ton more overheated speed. Um, they don't change your agility at all, but you know, it's it's. They're very, very good. Um, yes. If the, when the game is not getting tackled by a larger group, being faster is usually priority number one, up to a point. It's something that kind of creeps into uh, when you first start off here. Like, why would I ever get uh, put money into a pod because I always get tackled and bubbled and die? But then you start to learn and you get better, and you're like, well, if I could just go this much faster or this fit this certain ship could work if it would go faster then you start catching yourself buying low grade or mid grade or high grade um snakes and it, it can really kind of push what you're able to do on a grid um uh that's not discounting though that there are people who achieve fantastic things without those those implants but but they've spent a lot of time a lot of time learning Grid positioning and things like that. So I, I still love snakes. They they let me exist on grids that that I wouldn't be able to otherwise, and it just allows me to have the fun that I'm looking for. Yeah, it's all about. I mean, you know, if you have range control, you have control, and being faster is a is the form of range control that cannot be jammed or countered off like, of you. 
Look, Nano is about running away, and snakes make you run away faster. <laughs> but there, there is a spreadsheet that uh, it's pretty neat. Um, if you're like budget conscious, it has the percentage bonus of all the different combinations of snake implants, of speed implants, and then their prices. So you can kind of like search by, you know, efficiency for, for you know, budget sakes. Um, so I'll link that in the show notes. You guys can check it out. It's quite good. You can look at like, I need to go at least this fast, or you can look at like, which of these variations of like, maybe I'll do all mid grades, except the epsilon is usually super expensive. So I'll do that low grade. How much yeah. will that affect me? You can see actually on, there's a column on the list for speed increase per ISK. Mm -hmm. So That's you can cool. rank them that way and see like exactly how your money is like what your money is getting you relatively. Yep. And we'll talk about Genos next because Genos are interesting. Um, they are a very amazing generalist pod. Uh, it's worth noting that they aren't much worse than than mid grades uh, when it comes to speed mid grade snakes, uh, but they are slightly more. But the bonuses you get, like holy moly, if you if you like flying like hacks, I think Genos are fucking amazing because they give you everything they give you pg and c uh and cpu so fitting so even if you're flying fits that that you know normally fit you could like look for bricked abyssal mods right that won't normally work but you can now like give you a performance advantage but they won't work because of fitting right they give you shield hp they give you armor hp they give you velocity agility they give you capital capital uh, capacitor pool like more total cap and better recharge um so like this is amazing in like let's say uh, a, a hack because you have good cap you have good resist so your your armor and shield hp are worth more um and a lot of hacks will fit because of their good cap they'll fit a cap battery which boosts their cap pool and then you're also adding the geno cap pool bonus on top of that with recharge and as you guys know like recharge is is a percentage of your total cap pool so it it like double dips on everything pretty much. They're they're so good. Yes, and the the Gino bonus is a percentile, and a cap battery bonus is a numerical bonus. So that percentile will also process on the cap battery amount. When I started off getting implants, I I naturally started to go towards Genos because it does you know add it adds a bonus to every ship you fly basically. And then the, the thing that I ended up running into was every ship I flew would then use Genos. And if I lost my Geno pod, I'd have a station full of ships that I, I couldn't fly. That's, that also happened. <laughs> yes. Yet. If you That's... use that extra fitting and then you yeah. don't have your Genos, you will be undocking with offline mods. And that's not great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, another thing about Genos is like, it's not so much true anymore now that. Um, abyssals are a thing but there still are fits where like you can't make something viable without genos like you need genos to make it viable um just because you know like i i think about like the like the 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 logi tech three fits that people sometimes fly with like links and remote reps and local reps like those fits uh the the fitting that you gain from genos along from everything else we mentioned, like it's almost makes it so that they're viable because of Genos, but. 
Yeah. The other cool thing about Genos is they are only four implants. They're only slots one through four. So unlike all the other sets, which are slots one through six, you then have slot five and six free. And slot five is only set epsilons. Um, but some of them, like the Nomad or the Snake Epsilons, give you a little bit of agility or a little bit of speed. You can add that to your Genopod. Or I actually was thinking about the um, the Rapture ones, the new cap recharge ones. Yeah. Even the low grade gives you a 5% cap recharge. That's pretty sick. So stack that onto your Genopod. Yeah. Suddenly you're in a really good place for cap. And then slot six, you have fitting implants. There's a navigation implant that goes in there. You know, there's a bunch of other hard wirings that you never will use in another set pod because slot six is the Omega. And if you don't use the Omega in most cases, like it, it's such a huge bonus to the overall set effect that it's sort of mandatory. Yep, for sure. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I kind of feel like people either use Genos or Snakes. What do you guys think? Like, I think of guys like Zalorb who are like Genos for life and they just like... They're, they're really good. Know, they are. They're really I, uh, good. And they're uh, relative to some of these sets. They're pretty inexpensive. Like, I think yeah. a full set of Genos is around a billion-esque now. I haven't checked in a minute, but yeah, yeah, you're you're right. I have a couple a couple ships that I fly that that need Genos to use without going for a crazy priced abyssal mod. Um, but uh, mainly, I I play the game to to go fast. I I, I know that sounds very kachow, but um, uh, that's why I stay in snakes, but. Yeah, Genos are an excellent option for people who are not looking to spend much more on high-grade snakes. Yes, and if, you're, if your budget is around a bill, the difference between the mid-grade snakes and the Genos is, you know, the snakes are faster, but they're not so much faster. Like, if you want to go fast, high-grade snakes are better than Genos, period. But mid-grades are only a little bit better than Genos, and you get all the other benefits, so yeah. it's a lot more of a choice. Yeah. All right, let's get into the hard wirings before we wrap it up and move into shoutouts. So hard wirings, um, slot six through ten. There's tons of different things between like fitting to targeting range to uh, weapon rate of fire, damage tracking, all the yep. things. Specific so, gun damage, general yep. turret versus missile damage. There's all a million things. So you can kind of power grid CPU. Yeah, everything. There's uh there's there's one even ones that make your weapons use less CPU. Not only like the the increase your ship's base CPU, but decrease the use of weapons and stuff like that. There's ones for armor HP, like all kinds of stuff. So basically you can use like snakes one through six and then your seven through ten. Um you can go through drone and, implants. Yeah, drone implants. The I mean skirmish link, like the, yep. the mind links, they increase your the effect of your of your gang links um all kinds of stuff so we'll link the uh wiki eve university wiki for skill hard wiring and if you guys want to like if you're not familiar just give it a look it's pretty they have it split up by slots so you can be like what can i put in slot seven or whatever um and they're all in pifa so if you're making a fit and you want to like say like what you know what do i do just look through the list and say you know all right what missile implants and the way Pypha does it, they group it by function. So they have like all the missile implants in one place. And you can be like, all right, I'm in a missile ship. What can I add to this? What's in slot six? What's in slot seven? What's in slot eight? You know, and look through it and see what applies to your actual fit. 
Yeah. And I mean, so like, you should always be using they're they're cheap like the like the ones and twos we're talking like some of them are like two three hundred k and they give you a small bonus so why not if you're like in jita you're about to yeet out just like plug in some implants you could have like a four mil pod and have a slight bonus like why would you not do that you know what i mean yeah the, the for cheap sure ones are very cheap um and so the yeah. expensive ones are quite expensive and so that's something you need to decide when you're building one of these set pods also is like you know if i'm putting three billion isks into a set of high grade snakes, I'm not leaving slots seven through 10 empty, right? right? Exactly. That would be crazy. And I'm not putting 1% in them. I'm going to put five or 6% in them, which is going to add to the price. But like, if I'm building an expensive pod, I want to get the most out of it that I can. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so it's important to think about like, are you, you know, am I building this for a turret ship or a missile ship? Or do I want to avoid turret and missile implants and just use generalist things so I can do it with whatever? Um, so think about what, you know, what you usually fly, what you intend to do with this pod. If this is your interceptor pod, then you're going to want to find things in all those slots that benefit your specific interceptor your your love or whatever mm -hmm. so the last thing we're going to talk about is just like a cheap fake snakes we'll call it um so there's it's basically there's no snakes in this it's just a collection of hardwiring that um that give you a, a decent speed bonus um so those are slots six seven eight so the slot six implant, and I, I got pipe open, so I'll just tell you guys the price. Um, you have an NN603, which is a 3% bonus to ship base velocity. Um, that's 20 mil. Uh, then you have an EM703, which the 703 is agility, 3% bonus to agility, again, 20 mil. And then the next one is one that all snake users will also use, which is a Zors in your slot eight. So there's two Zors. There's a slot seven Zors, but it's shit. You use the slot eight Zors, which uh, is a bonus to your, your afterburner and micro drive speed boost. Um, so you put that in your slot eight, and that's about 65 mil. So your, your pod ends up being about 100 mil, but it gives you a pretty uh, like significant speed boost if you're you know flying like ships that are you know, 200, 300 mil, something like that. I think it's worth definitely taking these out. Yep. Um, and if you're ever unsure, like I'm looking at this pod or this implant and it looks interesting, they're all numbered by slot. All the 600s go in slot six, all the 700s go in slot seven. And the last number, like the, you know, the agility mod is the EM for evasive maneuvering 703, which means it is a slot seven implant that is 3%. So it's if once you get used to the system, it's quite easy to tell it whether it's going to fit in your plot in your pod rather, and you know how strong it is and all that. Yeah. yeah, and for reference, like if you're flying a Condor with a 5MN cold gas micro warp drive, and you put in those implants the, that Pharaoh mentioned, uh, you go from three, three, four, five, so 3,459 meters per second to 3,715 meters per second with, uh, I mean, you could you could X one of those out of there and do it for 85 mil. Nice. Look at that. 
Look at look at that. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, which isn't isn't terrible for like a ten percent. Yeah, it's pretty good. Speed speed is life. Got to go fast. Yes, and um, Farrell actually pointed out something to me just now. Uh, there are two slot six implants that increase speed. One increases the effects of your prop mod, and one increases your base ship speed. And if you increase either of those things by the same amount, you end up with essentially the same under prop speed because multiplying it after the micro drive multiplies it versus multiplying it before um, ends up with close to the same number, but you're slower with your prop mod off. So the NN603 is better than the AC603, for example. I even think depending on what the base speed is, I think it will even... Um slightly higher prop speed too with the nn just depending maybe there's a case where like a ship where that's the opposite case but but yeah yeah maybe if there's some some fiddly thing with how ccp does the math yeah that maybe. is potentially possible not um, a math major <laughs> so yeah you guys want to move into shoutouts then you guys got anything for this week yeah I think so. Um, I was actually just going to shout out our uh, our little less than 10 awards, which you mentioned earlier. But if you are one of the uh, absurd number of people who now hang out in the less than 10 Discord, we have some nomination channels open. If you want to nominate something for a given category, please do not troll or spam the channels. Just like put your nomination in and we will add it to the show poll for we think for the first episode in January is when that show poll is going out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, after after 2020 we'll open it up. Yep. Um and people, yeah. you know, you can go on the show poll and vote. We'll have a little Google form probably and it will uh you know, we'll we'll be giving out these awards and also voting will as Farrell mentioned earlier be one of the ways that we're giving away our um partner skins yeah. which if you haven't looked at them they're the the scope uh skins is the scope group they're in scope syndication name. yeah um this first round is the astro uh, but they all are really really sexy so there's a, there's a bed back there's a the bed mac one is oh, I can't wait. the bed mac one <laughs> is beautiful yeah so good how about you, Joe Castus? Any shoutouts? Uh, I guess I'll just give mine to Omnaria, who hasn't listened to your show yet and has been meaning to, and maybe this will be his first episode. I fucking love Omnaria. such a good dude. <laughs> it doesn't even make me mad that he never listens. So sweet. Such a good, such a nice guy. Best trackpad PvPer. Right? My shout-out uh, is going to Yan. Yan Shtikowski. He's a CEO of Thermo now, but uh, he wants to do a video project, uh, which we're going to help him with. Um, so the gist of it is, if you want to help Yan, he's basically looking to uh, get a group together and kind of recreate all the old kind of like archetype videos, uh, very instructional, uh, like narr narrated videos. And I think he's mainly looking for like footage uh, for different things and just a small group to come together. So if that interests you, 
let me know. We're going to get Yan a role in the Discord and create a section that uh, he can give a role to people and then they'll have access to that where we can kind of coordinate this video project. So awesome of Yan to do this. He's been talking about it for a long time. He's going to get underway. Shout out to you, Yan. Um, it's a, a really cool project and I hope it helps get people into small gang. So that's it. That's the, that's the episode. Thank you very uh, much for having me. Yeah, yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. I love, uh, I mean, it, it kind of just feels like we should be roaming right now this whole time because this is usually we just chat as we roam. But uh, yeah, anytime you can come on anytime, Jocast. It's always a pleasure. Awesome. And with that, guys, just remember it's not the size of your gang, it's how you use it. <laughs>